I can tell you in, in 2021, we were close to close to a million dollars in uh, total revenue for the company. Um, yep. Majority again, consulting. Yes, the majority consulting. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hey folks, my guest today is Alex Smith. He's the co-founder and CCO at Kuvama. Customer value management uh, has been a passion for Alex through his 20-year career in B2B SaaS across sales, pre-sales, delivery, and customer success. He's based in Manchester, UK, started out as a a physicist at Oxford University and is an avid cyclist as well. Now building Kuvama.com to help connect companies and customers on value. Alex, you ready to take us to the top? Yeah, jump in. All right. So t- tell me, maybe start off with a customer story uh, and, and explain why they're paying you and what they use you for. Yeah. So that's a, it's a, it's a great question. Um, the, the, the world of B2B SaaS has been transformed by the move to subscription. It's, uh, you know, everyone knows that, but uh, the move to SaaS and subscription means that the, the kind of the customer has so much more choice, the customer has so much more power. In the in the kind of the business to business environment that we're operating in, they can uh, they can pick from lots of different vendors. They can choose to churn um, the the end customer, I should say, the the customer of our customer. So we're we're helping our customers to to really kind of engage with their end customers with an understanding of not just what features and functionalities you need, but what are the success outcomes that that end customer wants to achieve. And then make sure that that relationship, that connection, passes through to a delivery team, a customer success team, so that you end up with a bit more of a focus rather than in the traditional world of, of SaaS, customer lifetime value has been the lifetime value of a customer to the company. Our vision is to try to flip that, flip that on its head and actually move it to be more of the, the value, the lifetime value for the end customer. Land, expand, yes. retain, NDR above 130. That's the goal. Exactly, exactly. So there's loads of great reasons why a, a SaaS company needs to do that. And there's just been, it's just been an area that is, it's been a gap for, for a number of years. We recognize it again in my career. Um, I started out in software when it was all on-premise perpetual licenses. I've kind of been through that move to SaaS and subscription. And I've seen a lot of companies struggle to catch up with the new reality of the new way it works. Maybe they put a customer success team in place. Maybe the sales team are in theory selling value, but but it's never been a joined up approach and it's never been kind of customer centric. So I think we understand the product. That's fantastic. Give me a general sense of what are customers paying on average month for this, or are you guys pre-revenue? You're just getting started. No, we are. Um, we're definitely post-revenue. Uh, so um, it's, it's, you know, in terms of kind of what, what are they paying, it depends a little bit on the size. It, it, the moment it ranges from maybe uh, 50K dollars per year, 50K thousand dollars per year, up to around $200,000 uh, per year in, in that kind of range. Okay. Depends on so the, lar- the size of the business. So your largest company paying maybe $200,000 per year. Help me understand why, what, how they're getting more value. Is it number of seats? Is it number of features turned on? What, what enables you to upsell to 200 grand a year? 
So it's um, so honestly, the we're, we're still at the stage where we're figuring out the right way of the, the right monetization model for this. Uh, so actually, my background is I've done a lot of consulting work for SaaS companies on packaging and pricing. So it's I have some experience in it, but it's not always there's not always one easy obvious answer. So the the model that we're using at the moment is a platform fee plus a a user license. Uh, so we're targeting our app to be used by the, the business development functions, so be that BDRs, SDRs, uh, salespeople, the pre-sales team. You might have business value engineers and then customer success managers post-sale as well. So there's quite a lot of different kind of user user types and user roles. But at the same time, um, we you know our view is to have a platform fee based on the, the kind of the scale and the complexity of the, the solution that's put in place. So so our upsell model as we grow will be a combination of the customer growing their their the kind of the usage of the tool in terms of users and teams, um, but also then selling in additional modules to to better support the the end to end journey of that uh, that interaction. Understood. So, so cheapest though, four or five grand a month, fifty k ACV, all the way up to two hundred k ACVs, depending on how many BDRs and SDRs they have. Okay. And put this on a timeline for me. When did you launch the business? So we started out as a consulting company. Uh, so again, I, I know that uh, you you engage with a lot of companies that uh, the bootstrap to really get things going. I think that's very much kind of part of our our journey. We started out in twenty seventeen. Um, Still focused on B2B SaaS companies. That is our main target market, but initially doing consulting and helping them monetize their, their offerings through consulting throughout that life cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, the, we, won a, we had a kind of a passion for this, this, this topic of the, the, the value management part within the overall monetization problem. And um, we explored it through lots of interviews and through building out a prototype, initial just a design in 2020, in the kind of the, the summer of 2020, we won a grant um, from the UK government, uh, an innovation grant in um, Q3, so around October 2021, started to build out code. How much was the grant for? £100,000. Okay. And it was kind of linked to COVID recovery and linked to a few other different pieces. Um, so at that point, we, you know, we, we, brought on some contractors, did our first bit of code development, sold that to our first customer in a uh, contract signed in Q2, fully in Q2 of 2021, and have, have grown from there. So we're now at uh, uh, four. We Again, if you look at our customer base, it's around 15 to 20 customers in total that we've worked with over the years. And uh, we now have four uh, customers that are up and running on the the kind of the new technology platform, but consulting well, how, how was many, still on. How, how many are paying you something per month right now? Um, that's four. four of them that are paying us per month. So, so why didn't the other eleven stick around? Well, the other eleven was a mixture of consulting work. So it's not that they are. Um, no, I don't mean to say that they they started on the on solving this problem and then haven't stuck around. It's more that uh, I guess I would describe it as. At points in the past, we've solved the same type of problem with consulting projects and with Microsoft Excel-based tools and things like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, so we so are going, still our this model. This model makes a lot of sense, right? But going back to the agency story, what year in terms of revenue was your best year at the agency before you started really pivoting to pure play SaaS? Oh, it's a it's a good question to which I'm not sure I have the answer. I, I, 
yeah, I'm not sure which would be the the best year in terms of the the kind of the agency consultancy work, but. Um, I mean, Alex, are we talking about like a two-person agency with 500k a year in revenue, or like a 50-person agency with like five million in revenue annually? No, it's um, so while we were doing the consulting, there were three of us that were full-time um, with um, uh, contractors pulled in, a, you know, five to ten contractors over a course of a year on on different kind of targeted projects. So still, still small in that kind of scheme of things. Um, and when did you launch your first your first like the first agency contract was in what year? The first, the first consulting contract yes. uh, was in 2017. Many of you guys have used a tool that requires you to upload a CSV file or spreadsheet, and then you get an error, right? You then have to meticulously find blank rows, delete special characters. It's a pain in the butt. Now, your customers run into the same problem when you ask them to upload data to your SaaS platform. You know, they get frustrated, they don't upload. Then you have a ton of empty states in your SaaS UI and the user churns. This is not good. Now, your product is brought to life by this data. You want them to feel this magic as fast as possible. Now, we've tried to solve this at FounderPath by creating downloadable CSV templates and building our own in-house importers and then copying and pasting a long help article to users via email. It just is not fun work. Nobody gets it, nobody wants to do that work. This is where Flatfile comes in. Flatfile is the data onboarding platform built to take the acute pain out of importing customer data into your product. The nice thing is enterprises love this because Flatfile is SOC 2 Type 1 and 2 certified, GDR compliant, super easy to use. So no more emailing files back and forth like CSVs, no more copying and pasting help articles that no one reads, just clean data quickly so you can grow your SaaS company. In fact, ClickUp, Bamboo HR, and HubSpot all use Flatfile. It's one reason they're growing so quickly. Check out Flatfile today at nathanlacka.com forward slash Flatfile. That's nathanlacka.com forward slash Flatfile. Okay, got it. So, so I guess you launched this company as an agency knowing you were eventually going to pivot to SaaS. You just wanted to use the consulting to learn. No, I wouldn't say that, actually. I would okay. say we launched this company as, as focused on solving a problem and then based on a passion for the problem, based on learning, learning partly that consulting can't solve it. We've, we recognized, we, we discovered and we, we spotted an opportunity to build out a, a SaaS product. I don't think when we started, we, have a, we had a clear plan that this will definitely become a, a, a SaaS. So like what, what was agency revenue then in 2017? Do you remember first year? Um, I, I don't have the numbers to hand. I can tell you in, in 2021, we were close to, close to a million dollars in uh, total revenue for the company. Um, yep. Majority again, consulting. Yes, the majority consulting. And for 2022, it will still be, again, it's, it's, it, takes, it will take a while to, to transition that across. Um, and part, of the na- part of it is the nature of the, um, the solution that we're selling. It's not, it's not a plug and play, just turn it on SaaS app. It's very much a, a, a business solution that needs set up uh, needs uh, work around the the consulting, the work around the deployment to to get it. So, so how many today? Are, how many today are full time at the at the combined entity? Yeah. Uh, so right now today we have uh, four full time employees. Uh, we have around uh, five or six people that work with us on a contract um, for differing hours per week. Um, as part of the, so we've just taken on pre seed investment and we'll be growing to around nine full time employees. Uh, as the right people are brought on and, and hired. How much did you? Weeks. How much did you raise in the pre-seed? 
1.1 million pounds. So that equates to around 1.4 plus Mm -hmm. uh, million dollars. And most folks in pre-seed round are selling between call like 10 and 20% of the business. Were you sort of in that same range? Yeah, in in that range. Okay, got it. So you're talking like a 10 million cap, something like that. Something like okay. That. Priced round or was it equity or was it a debt convertible? Debt? Uh, priced. It was priced. Okay, great. Interesting. Um, very cool. And why do you need, I mean, look, that's dilution's a real thing, right? Uh, your co-founders in that seed round is the most dilutive event in the company history. Why did you need 1.3 million, especially when you've already proven you can generate revenue from customers via consulting contracts? So it's a really, really great question. It's um, about being able to, to accelerate the, the growth. Accelerate the growth. So we are... You know, the way that we'll use the money is partly investment in the platform, partly investment in the kind of delivery and customer success um, function. And it's, it's, it's all just about being able to do what we want to do faster. It's the, the market that we're in has the, you know, has the potential to really take it off. Take off. I think we've, we've seen recently uh, Gartner as a, you know, your, your classic technology analyst that, that tracks many, many markets. They're starting to, to really report on this market. And I think they're starting to recognize that it will, it will grow and take off. I mean, someone so, argue though, Alex, it's already pretty mature. I mean, Gainsight's a billion dollar company and they really started really in customer success, which you could define as land, expand, retain, right? So like, what's the mousetrap you're moving into the market with where you think you can steal market share from these players? Yeah, so Gainsight is not a competitor to really what we're trying to do in that um, the Gainsight is just focused on the, the customer success phase of the customer journey. Um, we are trying to think of what we're trying to do is actually have a platform that integrates with the, the upfront marketing activity and marketing message, um, connects and supported by the salesperson so that they and integrate with CRM and Salesforce as part of the sales phase, and then integrate with Gainsight once, once a customer becomes a customer to support the, the expand and renew kind of phase. Uh, so Gainsight has, the best way to think about it is within Gainsight, they have a success plan module that tracks, that tracks what does a customer want to achieve and how they're doing. And our, our vision is that, um, you know, really that, that the definition of what success looks like for the customer, well, it has to start where the relationship starts, which is back in the sales cycle. And that's, that's what our platform is supporting. So our, our platform goes across that customer journey and then integrates with the CRM, the customer success tool at the different points. Understood. Okay, great. Well, we'll see what happens. We're out of time though for today. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. One word answers if you can. First one, last book you read. Oh, the, <laughs> the last business book? Oh, sorry, this isn't one Just last book. Last book. Um, I'm, I'm into my sci-fi, so I've forgotten the name of the book. But uh, Okay, that's okay. Uh, number, two, number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Uh, yes, we... Um, we have a relationship with uh, somebody called David Politis, who is uh, CEO of Better Cloud. Um, he's been helping with a bit of advice, a lot of kind of experience in building a category and what that meant. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building Kubama? Uh, so I have to say Jira. Uh, Jira it's yeah. just fantastic in terms of the amount of value that we get out of, out of that, that platform. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? I, I'm, I'm somebody who needs my sleep. I don't know if that's your classic entrepreneur, but uh, I, I try to be in bed for eight hours, a, eight hours a night. Do I get all of that asleep? Not necessarily. And what's your situation, Alex? Married, single kids? Uh, married, two kids, two boys, uh, lots of fun. Great. And how old are you? I'm, I'm 42. 
42. Last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20. Do you know, I, I had to think about this one. I watched your, I listened to your podcast in advance and I had to think about this one. The, and you know what? Mine is kind of play to your strengths. I think there's many points in my career I've thought, oh, I need to get better at this. I need to get better at this. I need to learn how to do this. I think I've learned now that no, actually, you should optimize what you are good at and focus on what you're good at rather than trying to be good at everything else. Guys, there you have it. Kuvama.com launched in 2017 as an agency, did about a million dollars in revenue last year. We'll do more than that this year as they pivot to a SaaS platform to really service this customer need. They have four paying customers today that pay between $50,000 a year and $200,000 a year for full-time on the team, but they're about to ramp up. $1.3 million raised on their pre-seed round at between call it a 10 and $20 million valuation as Alex looks to scale. We'll see what happens next. Alex, thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you, Nathan.